This is RJ Bell, founder of Pregame.com, here to tell you about Pregame Forms, the place where sports bettors talk. Hundreds of posters informing and entertaining 24 hours a day with free picks and deep insight. Good people to celebrate wins with and moan about losses. You can post or just sit back and take it all in. Over $10,000 a year is given away in cash and prizes. Go to Pregame.com and click Forms or visit directly through pregameforms.com, where everyone gets back more than they give from the many others giving. And we're back. The Sports Betting Preview Show of pregame.com podcast, segment three of three. This is when we do free picks. Every week, you get a free pick from each of the guests. And we have four guests this week, so Stephen Nover is going to give us a fourth pick. First, though, let's talk a little bit about a special feature of the third segment, which is a coupon, which lets you have a nice discount to pregamepros.com premium picks. Marco, hit us. Okay, we're going to have a coupon for you as we do each and every week. We give you a coupon. You can get it. It's $10. And this week, since we have a special guest, Stephen Nover, we're going to call this week's coupon Nover10. That's N-O-V-E-R and the number 10. Go to Pregame Pros, buy anything you want to buy, add that coupon code in the checkout, and you'll get $10 off your purchase. And we've got several hot cappers at Pregame Pros, and uh, one guy uh, that's really on a roll uh, is Matty O'Shea. Matty O'Shea's on a 9-0 run. You can check out Matty and any of our other hot cappers at PregamePros.com. So he's 9-0 on everything. Everything. Hard to beat that. Hard to. Okay. Um... Now, moving on to free picks, and now actually, let's do the question of the week first. We have a question of the week. Now, usually we give $25 away to whoever gets selected to be the uh, question of the week. Well, last week we had a winner, and what was the winner's name? Dunadan. Oh, that's right, Dunadan, who said, hey, I just wanted an answer, put the 25 back in the pot. So this week it's $50 for the question of the week, and it's another forum member, and that's the thing is we put a post up in the forum that says, hey, what's your question of the week? So if you want to submit one, it's right there, pregameforms.com. Now, this guy's name is spelled A-L-T-H-A-M. Um, I think it's Altham. Alth- how do you say that? I, I call him Altham. Altham, there it is. Altham. So I always spell him just to be sure. <laughs> so sorry about that. And $50 is going to be coming your way from Marco. Here's his question. With the football season coming to an end, can you guys explain how you go about handicapping NBA and CBB? And then he says, do you place your emphasis on back-to-back games, revenge, winning percentages, etc.? Is there more money to be made on sides or totals? And then he closes by saying, hey, I think that there's a lot of opportunity in college basketball and pro basketball, and some people are missing out on it. Now, clearly in the first segment, we talked at length about why, in a general sense, college basketball is such a good sport to bat. Let's just talk a little bit specifically about some of the approaches, uh, very broadly. And then what we're going to do in the next two weeks, the week after the Super Bowl, we're going to have a How to Handicap podcast. You guys will remember, we'll break down a specific area and talk only theory. We're going to do How to Handicap College Basketball two weeks from today. Be ready for that. Okay, uh, Vegas Runner, you want to just broadly uh, touch absolutely. on one uh, subject for better? For, for one, it's two different animals, NBA and college basketball. You have to separate the two. You can't handicap them approach it the same way. 
sure you could look at certain statistics that are you know relevant in both um, sports, but absolutely has to be handicapped differently. So I'm going to stick to the college basketball since that was what the question was generated towards. Um, when it comes to college basketball, the teams that I like to look at, the teams that I like to back, first of all, are, are teams that have a good point guard, more or less a, a, a senior point guard or one that has already ran that particular offense. Um, whether it's a, a new coach coming in, because a lot of times the new coach will just be someone that was an assistant with the program before. So I want a, someone that's been able to run the offense. The other thing I want to add that you have to be able to handicap, when you look at the two teams, you have to factor in the tempo. Tempo is so huge in college basketball because of the different offenses that these teams run. It's so different than any other sport. Uh, you, you're, you really have to put an emphasis on, on how the game is going to break down because you're going to get teams that want to take 90 shots playing teams that want to slow it down and only take 45. And you got to handicap. you got to be able to, to look into the game and so see which way so it's going to go. So one of the key factors is who's going to exert their will and control the, the speed other, of the exactly. game. So it's almost like saying if there's 90 shots in or 90 possessions in a game, um, this team's got a big advantage. If it's 45, this team has a big advantage. Who's going to dominate? Who's going to control it? Exactly. That, that's that's big in college basketball, I think. All right. So let me ask you a real quick question, and we're just going to touch on this as a tease for the uh, How to Handicap podcast in about two weeks. Is sides and totals. Uh, I think I know what you're going to say here, but give us a breakdown on, on the difference, uh, college basketball sides or totals. Uh, when you're handicapping college basketball totals, again, you know, you got to look at tempo of how the game's going to be played. Uh, college basketball totals is one of the easiest things I think you could factor. Um, it, it's very easy to, to get an idea of, of what shooting percentage you can expect from your team. Uh, I break it down. I mean, if you look at my work, RJ, I break it down into numbers. I like to factor how many possessions I think each team is going to get, um, what I believe they're going to shoot. I break it down to what I think believe a final score is going to happen. Um, but I do put some stock in the RPI. There's a lot out there that you could hunt down, and there's good information there for that. Um, it, it gives you – I give it more respect than the AP polls and things like that when it comes to college football. I give a lot more to, because they, they have a lot more detail when it comes to the RPI. Okay, and I think a takeaway here as we move on is it's not necessarily any easier to beat the totals if you're an average handicapper. It maybe is as easy, let's say, or equally as easy as a side, but there's a handful of guys out there, like Mike, like the Michael Jordans of college basketball totals, that seem to understand something that no one else does. And those are the guys the lines makers can't figure out, the books can't figure out, and they're moving totals, as we said, five or six points. And so destroying them. If you can find a way to, to, to you know plug into that, and that's what Vegas Runner does best, is not only does he handicap, but he plugs into those guys, you can really follow uh, and know you're on the smart side of these games. When you bet it under 150 and it closes 143, you know you're going to win That's a term. great feeling. That has to be the best <laughs> feeling as a client. I know it is as a better for myself. When I bet a game and I have a look at my ticket and it says under 151, and before the game goes on, I look at my computer and it, the total says 147, <laughs> there's no better feeling as a sports better. And I'm sure for my clients, they feel the exact same way. When we get down and you guys beat a number, it has to be the, the greatest feeling in the world. Excellent. So VR talked at length about this. Um, 
Guys, any other thoughts to add at this point or, or jump in with a main thought, Marco? Um, I touched in the first segment about revenge <clears throat> is such a big angle in college basketball. And there are so many different types of revenge in college basketball. And it's what I really, really love is you've got revenge from the previous year. You have revenge from the previous year conference tournament. You have in-season revenge for the current year. And another angle that I like is once you get to the conference tournament, um, you've heard me say the phrase who, what, when, and where in handicapping. I like to look at the two meetings during the regular season and when you get to the conference tournament play, if both games were close during the regular season and you're looking at a marginal spread in the conference tournament of maybe seven and a half or something, you say, wow, the dog looks live, you know, both games were close and, you know, we're going to do that. But you go back and look at when the two games were played and maybe one of those two teams was coming off a big game coming off an upset playing their you know their biggest rival so forth you find situations where the you know it doesn't make sense in that seven and a half line that on the surface looked high when you look you say hey they took this team for granted in both of those meetings and this is a situation where I will lay the wood or vice versa and it just for a situational handicapper College basketball gives you so many more situations. Yeah, I guess it's on me then to talk about NBA totals. Uh, I, I just want to mention, though, that there, there's a, a, a difference you have to watch out for with the college totals compared to the NBA totals. Is I think the NBA totals play out truer uh, to the number because there's kind of an honor system in the NBA. If a team cannot win the game, they won't foul. Well, there's, uh, that's not necessarily always the case with college basketball. A team hopelessly out of it could commit a whole bunch of fouls there at the end, push the total over, a dead nuts under goes over. Um, so pay attention if you're going to get involved with the total to the coach. I mean, most coaches are kind of neutral about that. There are some notorious ones. Rick Barnes comes to mind. Here's a guy, he'll have his team fouling. They'll be out of the game like they, was it last year against Memphis? Oh, yeah. Where they turned that, <laughs> they turned that dead nuts under game into yeah, an, an easy over game. That one, you know, should have been investigated, you know. But um, but with the NBA, you'll get a more truer re result. How I how I like to attack NBA totals is, especially when teams are meeting for the the third and even maybe the the fourth time, is look at their first two games. Did the totals go over? If they did, why? Uh, was it because one of them shot extraordinarily from the field? Did they happen to make more than their free throw percentage that they normally hit? We had kind of an example just recently with the. Um, the Hawks at the Bulls, uh, the first two times these guys went way over, and, and yet the total was kind of relatively modest. And uh, I, I was looking at it, and I didn't see any reason why it, it wouldn't uh, go under again. And so they shot within their means the first two times. It wasn't anything extraordinary. So uh, that can kind of help you because the odds maker, when they're setting a total, they're kind of just playing the numbers. Okay, these guys are averaging this. Their defensive average is this. They don't have the time with all those thousands of college games to do also to go and break down each of their prior meetings. So study those box scores, and sometimes that can help you so with a total. So what you're saying is that the setting of the line in NBA totals is very mechanical, yes. where it's about power rankings and all that, and if you can find the nuance, there's value there. Just like any other sport you know, with the odds makers, they don't have time. They're putting But NFL their, you know, and major college football, they're, they're looking at more than power rankings to come out with those numbers, right? Well, yeah, you know, but, but still, that's their fundamental uh, basis is the power ratings to, to get their number. For everything, sure. Yeah. Another thing on the NBA totals that 
as you said, you know, everything is an average of what they're doing for the year and what their previous meeting was. But one thing that I like to look at in the NBA and go back to the first meeting is look and see, was that team, did they have a day off the day before that game, or were they playing back-to-back -back nights? Now, I'm a firm believer in all sports, tired teams play less defense. Any team can score on a given night, but, but it takes it, more energy to play defense. Does it offset their shooting, though, with, with tired legs? Well, but you have the up and down the floor. I mean, that's true on a pure shooting team that, you know, is going to shoot a lot of three-pointers. Tired legs are going to play a factor there. But if you got a team that's a tempo team and they've played the night before, you know, defensively, they're not going to put the effort in there of playing hard. So you don't think they're not going to slow the pace down even if they're tired? Yeah, offensively, they still go. They're going to save their energy on the defensive end. Right. That's what. Those are one of my, you know, perceptions. And from what Steven said, what might even be better in that spot, up-tempo team with tired, you know, that's maybe a little tired so they won't play D, that's, a, that's an inside team that wants to pound the ball down because those tired legs might not affect them as much as a jump shooting team. Right. A lot of times, too, injuries come into play. Let's say if there's a superstar out, okay, they'll adjust uh, the side and, and maybe make an adjustment on the total. Although not always, but if there's somebody that, that's maybe not a, a superstar, maybe a defensive stopper, he's not going to play. Well, he has no bearing on the line, but he might have something with the total. Well, they're not going to make an adjustment on the At total all. because of that. Right. So it's, it's these injuries, which happen a lot in the NBA. Keep, a, keep an idea on that. And that's why I think with basketball, as a better where we have an edge a lot of times is that these teams are playing each other multiple times. Exactly. So now we have a price to compare. What's the market asking to back this team today, and what were they asking the last time they met, or is it under the same circumstances? And now seeing that there's a difference in the price, is it justified? Can you go back and find the reasons it's justified, or isn't it, and therefore you're able to find a lot more situations where there's a value and injury, opportunities to bet. A perfect injury example would be when a Shaquille O'Neal was in the lineup and when he's out. When he's in the lineup, they're going to have more of a tendency to, to pound the ball inside, which that's going to take time off the clock. If he's out of the lineup, you're going to have more tendency to move the ball free flow up and down the court. I know a, a better, Marco, that completely plays Suns totals based on Shaquille O'Neal. When he's playing, he bets it under. When he's not, he bets it over, just on, based on what you're saying. And if it's a mechanical line, it's not going to account for that. They're going to look at the averages and come out right. with the line. But, let, let, who would you say is the worst defensive player in the NBA? I'll, I'll throw out a candidate. I'll, I'll say Mike Miller of the Timberwolves. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. That okay. Agree? Good. Or at yeah. least one of them. So yeah, if he's not three. in the lineup... Is there, are they going to affect the line? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think there'll be any line move. But look at the total. You know, if he's not in there, you know, I, I may uh, might be worth a, a look at the total there. That's some. That's a real gold nugget. Is is and let's just define it real quick. Is is especially in basketball. Is when teams when players have to play offense and defense. It's not like in football where you only play one or the other. Is if you got a guy that's not a marquee guy, that's a really poor defender or a really good defender. Removing him from the lineup might not affect the line, but it's going to affect the scoring of the game. I, I think that's great feedback. Well, he's a good good example because he's all offense and no defense, so he's a great over player. And, RJ, the best place to get that information is on pregame.com. Go to the wires, and we update uh, lineup alerts all day long and right up, you know, right up to you know, tip off of the 7 o'clock game. supports that more than what he said was absolutely right because you'll see – there'll be a guy questionable and a half hour before the game he's playing right. and they'll adjust the side a point point and a half but the total will be pretty much untouched until a half hour later when some sharp realizes hey there's an edge now in this matchup and bets into it 
All right, and Marco, great point is one of the things we're really proud of, and it's unique content at pregame.com, is the wire. You can go directly at pregamewire.com, get breaking news throughout the day, especially it's betting-related information with an emphasis on injuries. Okay, to be honest, my handicapping in the basketball is not day-to-day. -day. I follow the, the, the pros that I trust the most. But one thing, theoretically, I know about basketball is this is NFL plays 16 games in the regular season. College basketball these days is double that or more. NBA is, is much, much more than that, five times or whatever. And, uh, well, I guess a little less than that. So the, well, playoff teams are five times yeah, as many games. Sure. The key is, in an NFL game season, you've got to be five, six, seven games in, almost half the season, to have enough statistics to use stats as the major of what you're doing. In basketball, you're seven or eight games in, and the season's just starting, but you're starting to get some real numbers. After 10, 15 games, you got some real numbers. So I think that there's an advantage for the statistical handicapper in basketball, both college and NBA, because there's such a bigger sample size. As a math guy, you always want the highest sample possible, and, and inherently there's more sample in a long season. And I think that's important to remember. Okay, now we, we, went over, we got a little out of hand there with all the great talk. Two weeks from now, we're going to have a full How to Handicap podcast on college basketball. We're going to go to free picks, and let's start off with Marco. Marco, tell us a little bit about how you're doing at pregamepros.com, and then give us a freebie. Okay, well, I've been doing very well with uh, our picks. We're on a 9-3 and three run right now. And uh, three of those picks have been going with or against Pittsburgh teams. So, uh, and what's your record on those? Three and zero with the Pittsburgh teams. So we'll keep that rolling along. Um, last week on the show, just uh, pat myself on the back. I hope you bet the prop, but uh, we gave you Larry Fitzgerald for the first score in the Arizona Philadelphia game, and that was a nice five to one uh, cash when we did that last week. So. Uh, that was nice. Let's see if we can do it again. And um, I mentioned situational handicapping, and I'm going to go to an NBA game on Saturday uh, where we got a nice um, NBA situation. Uh, now we're doing this podcast on Thursday, so I do not know the outcome of tonight's game, but this is a situation for me that it doesn't matter what the team does tonight because um, they're going to be in a negative situation. They've hyped up this TNT matchup tonight between Boston and Orlando. And uh, it's a big, you know, clash of, the, clash of the Titans in uh, the East. And you got Orlando going to be going Saturday night into Miami. And Miami's a middle-of-the-rung team this year. Um, it's going to be a great spot for them to pull the upset. Win or lose tonight, Orlando's going to not have the same intensity as they would have brought to the arena tonight to play this nationally televised game with you know, the other Big East, uh, the big team from the East, I should say, in Boston. I mean, really, to me, there's three teams in the East, and that's Orlando, Boston, and Cleveland. the Cavs. And uh, I'm going to go with Miami to pull the upset on Saturday night against Orlando in the NBA. They just got blown out by Boston, too, so they might catch them up. Get it, yeah. If Orlando wins tonight and you got, you got Miami got beat, you'll have spot. everybody looking at the old ABC factor, yeah. and that doesn't work. Good I'll spot. have Miami as the dog on Saturday. ABC factor, what's that? We talked about that in an earlier podcast. That John Q. Public looks at games, and if Team A beat Team B, okay, and then Team B 
beat Team C, and then whenever the A and C match up, they automatically say, oh, well, that team's going to get blown out. And so many times it goes the opposite way. The team that lost to the common opponent pulls the, pulls the win. And, you know, it's funny because we're going to have a somewhat of a challenge in basketball season is we'll be broadcasting Thursday and talking about Saturday games for college. And it's nice because, like we said, only the Pac-10 will have played on Thursday and will miss that. Most teams will know their last game. Marco, though, he's doing a situation. And I tell you, it really stresses a point, which is if you try to consider everything about a game, you're not going to accomplish it because is there's so many factors. It's like a chessboard. You can't look at every possible move. If you can identify one thing that you think the lines maker and the, the betting market's going to ignore or overvalue or undervalue, you can forget everything else. You can assume that everything else is even and the line's going to be right, but it's going to be two points off because of this one factor. And by identifying that letdown factor, potentially, hey, maybe someone's going to get injured, and that's going to affect the line on Sunday. But it won't change the fact that you think the line might be two or three points off because of the letdown. And if Orlando wins big tonight, it's going to be even better for me because everybody's going to have seen Orlando. The public perception factor is going to come in, and you're going to get more points with Miami because Orlando looks so good on TV. Okay, so third up, our special guest, Stephen Nova, a true Las Vegas journalist and betting insider. Stephen, give us a freebie. Well, I'm looking at an NBA game on Sunday, and the way I handicap NBA, it's not so much statistically oriented, although I do look at that. It's more situational and fundamental, studying the matchups. And I, it's my opinion that there's a, a class difference now between the Lakers and the Spurs. The Lakers are an elite team. The Spurs are no longer an elite team. Perhaps they'll prove me wrong, but that's the way I feel right now. And these teams uh, met uh, come Sunday. It'll have been 11 days ago, so roughly a little more than a week ago. And the situation was this. The Lakers were playing in the second of back-to-back -back games. They had just edged uh, Houston in a real hard-fought game. They won by five. I had the Rockets plus four. It was a brutal beat, and... Um, I'm still not over it, but anyways, <laughs> the Lakers did win that game, and they, they got a lucky cover. They covered the spread there, uh, and uh, but it was a very tough game, and then they had to play the Spurs the following night. Uh, the Spurs had four days, meanwhile, to prepare for that game. They had been idle for four straight days. I have great respect for the Spurs coach, Greg Popovich, with extra time to prepare. The Lakers had three reserves missing when they played uh, San Antonio, and the Spurs by, won by one point. With all those situational factors and the Lakers having a, an injured bench, now they're meeting uh, Sunday, and it's the Lakers with the extra prep time. They've been idle since uh, Thursday. They're playing tonight, and that's their last game. So they're off Friday and Saturday. And I think the, the class difference will uh, show through here now that it's more a, a level playing field. So I look for the, the Lakers to beat up on the Spurs. I got a tough, very, very professional presentation, Stephen. That, that, that really goes to show you is that these, it's funny because they talk about touts online and all this stuff, and, and these are guys that live this stuff. They understand the angles. They've got 20, 30 years of experience, and a really good, I'm about ready to bet that game right now. So <laughs> We'll wait till the number comes out. And we'll see if we... <laughs> well, I'm going to be trying, the old stardust, I would have been waiting in the lottery. Right. So, um, I think what Steven said really brings up the point is if there's a deceiving result, that's what we're looking for here is find a deceiving result 
and then bet the other way because everyone's saying, oh, this happened. And they say, yeah, but it's deceiving because it happened. Now the public is accounting for that. Marco talks about it, and, and, and that's a great one. That's a great one. Okay, I'm going to do a fun one. I've actually been fairly hot on my freebies. I had Arizona last week. I also was preaching Flacco wasn't as good as people thought, so I, I feel pretty good about my insights last week. Is I'm going to go with one of my favorite props, and like I said, um, this one's for fun now, is I'm going to have five props available at pregamepros.com that I believe are five really good bets I'll be playing big money on. I'll probably have to play a couple different spots to get the amount I want with the limits. Is I'm going with tails on the coin flip. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Gravity? Here's the Newton's thing. Law. It's the gravity. Now, here it is. Now, listen up. On most coins, there's a commemorative head where it's like very ostentatious or ornate. So it's a really heavy, heavier, heavier head. Now think about this. A coin flip is supposed to be 50-50, right? But if one side's heavier than the other, it's going to naturally be drawn to the ground. And tails, I believe, has a 55% chance of winning. I, I so if you give me a 50% bet at minus 105, which you can get on this, I think it's a fun one, it's a good conversation, and I think we have a slight act. I have to ask you, Mr. Bell, would you feel a little foolish laying juice on a 50-50? Uh... But that's the thing, if I'm laying 105 and I've got a 55 percenter, there you go. There's the edge. Right? Because, wait, that'd only There's be... There's the edge. Your juice is only... All right. right. <laughs> Let's turn this around. <laughs> this whole discussion over this. So over 20, tails, over this 43 was, Super Bowls. I, I, think, all, I, profit, think, I think you owe our listeners an apology, but as long as you've, you've started this, I've got to ask you about this. Okay. I can't let this pass. Um, okay. Uh, what about the the mental? The, I can't believe we're talking. The mental factor about this. You're on national TV. Okay. You get to choose which one. Is it going to look un-American for you to call tails when well, it's remember, naturally you can to call bet, heads? You can bet two things. You can bet which team wins the coin flip, and you can bet if it's going to be heads or tails. So by betting tails, you don't care what the team says. If it's tails, you're going to oh, win. Okay. And you lay half juice. You can see I'm a novice at this type of bet. That's, uh, <laughs> well, that might be, be for the best. when that camera zooms in. <laughs> yeah. 55 out of 100 times, you're seeing tails. And <laughs> well, at 105, when, when you're making money. When you're at your Super Bowl party and you're saying, hey, I got this. It's a best bet from pregame.com. Now you got to still like there, there, There's an old saying. Some people say they could flip a coin and be as good as some handicappers. My question is, did you flip a coin to decide which <laughs> way the coin flip was going to go. <laughs> That's the only handicappers we have a pregame, 55% or better. Well, 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 let, let's hope that wins because it would be awfully depressing where the game hasn't even started and you're down money. <laughs> <laughs> or up money. So, All right, well, listen, guys, this has been great. Steven's been yeah, great. Uh, you forgot oh, our Oh, my God, are you serious? <laughs> you see how he treats you, VR? Here, I'll right. tell you what. Well, I'm going to introduce you. VR, do you have a pick for this week I since RJ it. almost forgot you? No, actually, I just went by. Uh, two days ago to start picking up my prop sheets and uh, start breaking down the Super Bowl and one struck me right away and, and I had to bet it immediately and it was Arizona to have more penalties they had it up at minus 110 110 um, either way I thought it was a lot of value on the Pittsburgh side I believe they're a lot more disciplined team I think Arizona just the nerves and jitters alone the false starts alone I believe is gonna give me an edge on the Pittsburgh Steelers side um, also, Pittsburgh's favorite, expected to win this game. There's, I mean, there's more pressure on a team, especially if you're down. You're more prone to make mistakes, little sillier errors. Um, so I, I think that there's a little value. It's not as elaborate as the, the coin toss 
Is this more <laughs> the reasoning more, behind it, or is or is his Lakers play? But but VR, let me ask: Is this more penalties or penalty yards? I was just going to ask the same question. Oh, penalties! Who gets called on more penalties? Okay, because okay, there's probably one with penalty well, yards, yards. Yeah, absolutely. And you would think and that think Arizona is going to be passing more, yeah, which right. opens up more holding yeah, calls, yeah, yeah, especially with Larry right. Fitzgerald. Yeah, it was yeah. no, no, uh, a number of penalties. You're right; they yeah. did have one, and I believe they'll handicap one of the sides. Especially if they fall behind, they're going to be yardage. passing 50 times yeah, against that blitzing. Right. I got to think there's going to be a few holding calls yeah, there, so you, you may have right. a winner there. That's uh, that's so okay. So one is. Which of the sides do you like? Do you like most penalties or most penalty yards? Most penalties, most penalties. Okay. Now I would say there's a flip flip side of that coin. <laughs> is no pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. Not only it might be an advantage for Pittsburgh because of the holding penalties, but one 40-yard pass interference call could swing it the other way for sure. Arizona. So there might be two sides to the fact right. that Arizona throws. That's why they sometimes put a handicap when there's the yardage. One team might be minus 21 and a half yards. Yeah, yeah. Or, or but this is even This right. is mine even. Well, maybe, 110, 110, and it was which team gets called for more penalties. Maybe we need to get Mark Radner in here or some uh, official. How do they rule that on the penalty yards? Is it, let's say, a, a long pass that's, do they count it as 15 yards in the penalty, no, no, or does I it count all the yardage? It's the yardage. So it would be the yardage. Yeah. Yeah. But one of those bogus ones, if they're down 35 nothing, and they throw well, I thought some of those, or of the two. I, I bet props, too, in the Super Bowl. I always like to pick five, I think six there's good ways to make money on props. I, I believe yeah. there is. You know, yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunities with the props. Definitely. And I think, yeah. like RJ said, the book's reluctance to take limits on, on, on something like that tells you that you know there is opportunity there. Now, They're one thing to think about is you're not in Vegas. A lot of guys that have a local out uh, might not get a lot of props. Is the online books, if you like that kind of thing, there's a lot of opportunity there. You can go to pregameaction.com, and uh, the best offers from the most trusted books are available up there. Okay, and the reason I forgot VR, and sorry again, VR, is Stephen didn't get the memo that you never question RJ on air, and he, he threw me. You know, <laughs> uh, actually, listeners, that's in life. Never question RJ. <laughs> well, listen, this has been a fun time. Stephen, I thought, added a lot to the podcast, and I think he's going to be adding a lot to pregame.com. Remember, in honor of Stephen, you get 10 bucks off any one pick at pregamepros.com. Use Nover10, that's all one word. And this is the Pregame.com podcast. Each week we talk about upcoming games and teach you how to handicap any game. Talk to you next week.